This is Wednesday, September 29th. Now, I remember years ago being in Haiti with one of our Granada missions teams and walking by the home of a person that was a shaman. Above the house was raised a flagpole with colorful flags that I was told represented the spirits this person was in contact with. Well, people would show up seeking healing for themselves or relative or success in business or desiring a curse to be put on someone. And they would pay the required money and their wish would be granted. Now the Haitians driving us across the country did not doubt for a moment that these people have real spiritual power. They tell stories of things that have happened as a result of the actions of these shamans, these individuals. Now in our country, we don't find many people that hold to these animistic religious beliefs. And many people have given up on traditional faith as well. But we still see dialed into people's hearts a spiritual sensitivity. Studies show that people no longer believe in God or heaven or hell, but they continue to believe in UFOs and angels. Their hearts continue to be drawn to awe and wonder in life. It's as if they know that spiritual things are real. The heart longing is still there. The belief system is not missing. Now, Scripture teaches us that everyone is drawn to mystery and wonder. We know that some things are holy. They're set apart. Now, when we read the letter to the Colossians, it was written when the world was deeply religious and spiritual. There were the gods of the Greek and Roman empires, and they were almost everywhere. Each city had a patron deity and a temple. But there were also the mystery religions. These were faiths with secret rites and rituals, sacrifices and sayings. And actually, that is the way the word mystery was used in their world. Now, as we learned on Sunday, this word is sprinkled by the Apostle Paul through this section of his letter. Here's Colossians 1, 26-27. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the nations are the riches of the glory of his, this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, at the time Paul wrote this letter, there were many mystery cults. And these cults promised connection with a God through sacred actions or rites of worship. And these sacred rites, well, they weren't just open to anyone. A person had to go through an elaborate initiation process to prepare them. They had to prove they were worthy of being a part of the cult. And if they did not do this, well, they weren't allowed into the secret meetings. And they couldn't know about what happened in those meetings. Now, these cults offered people salvation through a connection with the cosmic world. You would have the chance to participate in the life and fate of the gods. Now, in our section for this week, Paul uses that same word for mystery, the one used by the pagans, and he applies it to Jesus and what God has done through him. 
Now, he's specifically using this language of pagan, pagan religion to show us just how different everything that God has done in his son Jesus is. He begins in a place the pagans would all understand. God's plan was hidden for the ages, and we could not see what he planned to do through Jesus. But now, you would call the gospel God's open secret. How radical is that? Jesus shows us that the way to fellowship with the true and living God, well, it's not through sacred rituals at all, but through the death of the Son of God who's come in human flesh. The secret isn't under wraps. It's not for his people to, it's there for his people to see clearly and to share fully. Christians don't meet in secret settings conducting rituals to unlock the hidden mystery of God? No, God came in person through Jesus. He revealed the new and living way to God through his body at the cross. Everything in this language of the mystery cults in Jesus is turned upside down. We don't go through elaborate rituals to draw near to God. No, God is the one who pursues us and comes to us. There's no elaborate initiation into the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is given fully in Christ, and it's all of grace. That's the thing that we were looking at before. While people today have largely turned away from faith in Christ, there's this deep spiritual hunger that, well, it cannot be denied. One scholar calls this our God ache. We were made for God, and when we are apart, our spiritual hunger grows. It produces loneliness, depression, anxiety, and fear. We feel insecure because we're cut off from the God who made us. We are made for fellowship with God. We were made to know God. And in Christ, God not only comes to us, but he also adopts us into his family, making us his own beloved children and providing for us an intimacy with him and an inheritance in him. The, the truth is that all of our spiritual longings are only fully met in him. Let's pray. Lord God, it's true that we go seeking anywhere for life, but we cannot find you. We cannot find life on our own. You must seek us out and find us. We thank you that you have found us in Christ. Thank you for the open secret of the gospel and the mystery fully revealed in Jesus. Help us today to live in the joy of being yours. For in your name we pray, amen.